Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, friends, it's time. I finally found a girl, a real girl to be on the show. Yep. Her name is Lex Albrecht and she's part of the Canadian National Cycling Team. She also competes for TIBCO out of California. She studied medical biology. She travels around the world inspiring young girls to achieve their dreams. She does a ton of charitable work for the Charles Brunel Foundation as well as Fast and Female. She's got a motorcycle. She tries to find the best coffee in the world and she's got the best coffee gear I think I've ever seen for traveling. She made some time this week. I couldn't be happier. She's the first girl on the podcast and I welcome her to the team. The road to 1,000 subscribers continues with Lex Albrecht this week. Remember to like, share, Apple, Spotify. Let's get those subscribers going, my friends. Win yourself a brand new Leverpresso, which is how I met her, and we're going to talk about it. Here we go. I can't drink coffee late at night. It keeps me up. You're listening to the Brenton on Tour Coffee Cast. Brought to you by things that make coffee, people who make coffee, people who love coffee, and maybe just coffee. You have no idea who he is, but he's on the search for the best coffee in the world. So pour a cup, grab a seat on the john, and maybe, just maybe, you'll stop drinking shitty coffee. It's the Brenton on Tour Coffee Cast with your host, that guy you don't know. Here's BD. Welcome, friends, to the new episode of the Brenton on Tour podcast. I'm joined on the line by my very special guest and first female guest, Lex. I got Lex Albrecht on the line from Montreal. Is that where you are right now? Absolutely. I'm I'm at home in Montreal. It's one of the rare occasions I'm at home, and it feels good. <laughs> you're traveling a lot right now. Tell the, the world of uh, the podcast listeners here what you're up to in the world, what you're up to uh, and uh, who you are, run the bio, and uh, we'll get going here. Well, I'm a professional road cyclist, and I've been competing professionally for the past eight seasons now. I'm a member of Team Tibco Silicon Valley Bank. It's a UCI Women's World Tour that's based, our world tour team that's based in uh, California. But there are 12 of us on the team, and we're from all over the world. So I think that there's only there's only one girl from California on our squad. There are two Canadians, two girls from Australia, one Kiwi, um, a rider from Britain, uh, Mexico, Guatemala. Uh, everywhere pretty much so um yeah it's a pretty international team but i'm also a member of the canadian national team you guys are training a lot i see if you guys uh for listeners at home i'm lex is all, all her uh, instagram feed is fantastic and it's in essence what uh led me to you as other than the fact that we have a mutual friend up in whistler our friend uh, mercedes nickel but she's awesome but i uh, your love of coffee and your instagram feed is consistently busy with training, coffee, you're traveling all over the world. Where where are you? You're home right now for how long? But what's uh, you got about as busy a travel schedule as I do? <laughs> are you train, training lots? I, I try 
<laughs> well, I try to live in the moment. Like, so for now, I'm just enjoying Montreal 100%. And I'm, you know, who knows if they send me a, a plane ticket to leave next week, then I'll be on the road again next week. But actually, um, the season is dwindling down for me. So hopefully the the travel will cool off a little bit. I mean, it's it's fun, but a little bit of stability is, uh, is enjoyable as well. The race season goes from February until um, September or October. For this year, for me, um, my races are all done except for one last event at home and I'm not doing it with my teammates but I'll be racing against um, a former NHL hockey player George Larac. we've done this two times so far and um, I won both times and I was like I want a hat trick so on October the 6th which is my half birthday we'll be racing against each other and that's uh, do you train in the off season then is it one of those things where obviously you have to keep training to keep uh, to keep rolling but you're not competing in the winter time at all indoors or anything like that or is it strictly an outdoor no, I do do a lot of training indoors on the rollers in the off season. Um, and then I usually head south to a warmer climate to train uh, throughout the winter just to get some mileage on the road uh, because there are some things that you just can't do inside. Um, so last year I spent the winter in Arizona and the previous years I spent the winter in Florida. I preferred Arizona a little bit because the coffee scene is better. But it's it's true that you do, uh, you do see me uh, a little bit all over the place on on Instagram and you know that's one of the reasons that I love social media because I get to live so many cool adventures through what I do as a professional cyclist and social media is such a fun way to share that with everybody and interact with everybody and kind of let them follow along on all the great experiences that that I get to live well it showed me basically we have a, a mutual love of the Leverpresso brand blend and I or brand sorry and I found you know found you that way just through a hashtag it was the funniest thing and i no way and uh because you, you use it a lot and now you must also be the most caffeinated cyclist on the planet i'd have to think because what you're traveling with gear wise is some pretty <laughs> it's some pretty uh heavy heavy stuff it's pretty great to watch you break it out every day and show the world you know coffee on the go coffee in the hotel we all anyone who travels like us who did you know for a living and where we go it's always a struggle to find great coffee in a hotel, but outside of, yep. you know, you don't always have time to just go out and explore the city. Sometimes you're just in for a day and out or you got a full training schedule like you do, I'm sure. So being able to say travel with a great bean or or great product to make your experience better, I'm sure it's, oh. a, it's a godsend. So <laughs> it makes all the difference. And like I mentioned before, you know, with all the travel and being on the road all the time, there's a, a big um sense of, I guess, instability, which can be thrilling, but it can also be kind of exhausting in a way. And when your job is to perform physically at the top level, uh, the instability of the lifestyle and unpredictability, I guess, it can be a little bit of a challenge. So to kind of eliminate, not necessarily eliminate that factor, but to kind of lower that, I try to maintain a consistent routine regardless of where I am in the world. And the one thing that I can maintain is to start my day off with an amazing coffee. So that's why I travel with this really cool coffee gear. Um, it's just so that I know that regardless of where I am, I'm going to have my little coffee routine in the morning you know I, I grind my beans with a hand grinder not just to have the freshly ground beans which makes all the difference but just because you know it's part of the ritual I guess and then it's so much fun to play with the different gadgets that I have so like you mentioned the lever presso uh, I use like AeroPress I have different um, accessories for my AeroPress too I have a plug-in mocha pot I do pour overs I have like 
these foldable foldable uh, paper um, pour over filters that are from Japan actually that are really really cool. Or I have uh, you know plastic and glass ones. I have uh, so many coffee gadgets, and I just I love playing with them and trying them out and uh, just tweaking my methods of brewing coffee. And you know I just I just enjoy having that little session of me time in the morning having my coffee and yet then you know i'm ready for whatever the day throws at me how much time do you have to to go through that process like is it Uh, do you build it into your day is it one of those things where it's nothing happens until that happens yeah well usually i'll try to i'll look at my schedule i'll look at what i have to do in the morning you know when our departure for race time is or or whatever um my obligations for the day are in terms of training or racing or or um sponsorship stuff or, or anything uh and then i'll kind of work backwards i'll be like okay i need to have at least one hour just to chill out and, you know, sometimes, sometimes the coffee making is super fast when I'm at home. I just like, pull a couple shots of espresso and that doesn't take much time at all, but I still like to just chill out and enjoy the coffee and kind of just savor it, you know? So I, I like to have one hour in the morning just to chill out. How did the Leverpresso thing come about? And to, you know, I, I'm traveling with one uh, on tour and it's uh, my lineup at the office is growing as people start showing up for uh, mini espressos and espresso on it's the go. It's so cool, isn't it? And it is a very cool product and uh, you guys can all check it out. Well, you should just go to right to Lex's uh, Instagram page as soon as this interview is done because you, it's one of the funnest Instagram pages I've seen and it's very informative and she's putting up daily stories about how she's making it. I'm sure Leverpresso is loving you. So I my office is lined up daily. Now people are coming in either for an AeroPress or they're coming in for the Leverpresso and they're always asking about it. How did it come together for you? Did you actually, um, did you actually purchase one or did you, did you find it online or how did it come? How did you find it? I actually discovered Leverpresso through a company called eight ounce coffee and they're based in um, Alberta, Canada. And they have like all of my dream coffee gear, like from cups and from actually you know what they even have single origin lip balms so they have like cups and mugs and coffee gear like the actual physical gear that you uh use to to drink coffee and like vessels i guess you might want to call them and lots of different brew, uh, brewing contraptions so that's they're the ones that made me discover Leverpresso and it's become my favorite manual espresso maker because there aren't a lot of things that can create um, as high of a pressure as a Leverpresso can create and that high pressure is what creates a really good espresso and if you have um, fresh beans and if you grind them properly then you can actually get like a good crema on your espresso actually which previously I'd only ever been able to produce with uh, my actual machine at home. It's funny because I'll I'll be thinking I'm doing it right. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get the dose down or I'm trying to get the grind down. And then every now and again, you'll post a new video and I'll be like, well, yeah, I guess I better change it just a little bit. So it looks like you're, <laughs> you're doing it. So you don't only just cycle, but um, there's a ton of motorcycle content on your page as well. And I'm I guessing love that motorcycle. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you, uh, you just love two wheels. Absolutely. <laughs> 
you know, I think that's like the beauty of motorcycling is that at the end of the day, when I'm done training and I still want to be outside playing on my bike, but I need to recover and I can't spend any more energy because I have to save it for the next training day or for the, for whatever race I have coming up, you know, actually my, my coach has, um, given me some constructive criticism more than one or 1800 times, uh, about how I need to like not go beyond what the prescribed training plan is. Um, <laughs> I can get on my motorcycle and I can have the same kind of fun. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just, there's something about being on two wheels. That's such a blast. And it's like satisfying to me. Um, and when I'm on my motorcycle, I'm not spending the energy like I am on my bike. So it's just like another way to keep the fun going and going and going. And last year I actually went through a, a pretty difficult period. Uh, physically, I, I went through a bit of a burnout and I wasn't allowed to like ride my bike for at least a week. So I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'm running away. And I hopped on my motorcycle and I did a big tour of the province of Quebec and I went way up north to areas that I'd never discovered before. And it was just so much fun. And I didn't actually even miss pedaling on my road bike, which normally would have been like really tough for me because I'm just so passionate about cycling. Um, and the motorcycling trip just really fulfilled that, you know? So it's it's like an, the motorcycle is another way to enjoy the bike. And, man, I stopped a long time ago trying to understand what I love so much about bikes, and I just accept it. I just – I don't know why it's, it's like that. I don't know why I love mountain biking and bike racing and just coffee shop rides and motorcycling. There's just something about moving forward on two wheels that makes me feel awesome. Do you feel uncomfortable in cars? Oh, I feel like a prisoner in cars, actually. I live in Montreal, and there's a lot of traffic and a lot of construction. And getting around by car and being stuck in traffic in a car just feels like I'm wasting my life away. But if I'm in traffic on my motorcycle or if I have to go like a lot slower on my bike and, and wait, it doesn't matter because I'm outside and I feel like I'm playing and I feel like I'm living. So, I, you know, having a car is practical. But I don't love driving around in a car. I love driving around on my motorcycle or riding around on my bike. What's your um, what's the coffee scene like in Montreal? I'm assuming it's amazing. The coffee scene is really amazing in Montreal. We're really fortunate for that. And actually, the way that I got into third wave coffee was through um, somebody on Twitter who was from England and they sent me a tweet years and years and years ago about this coffee shop that I should try in Montreal and I'd never tried like a real good third wave espresso and I'd never even heard of the concept before um, but they're the ones that introduced me to Café Saint-Henri Café uh, Saint-Henri Café in in Montreal and then my discoveries just kind of like went off from there. And I, I've used um, something called the Indie Coffee Passport, which uh, I'm not sure if it still exists, but it was this list of cafes that you could go to and it would cost about 20 bucks to buy the passport and there might have been like 25 cafes on it. And you would uh, be allowed one coffee drink at each one of these cafes. So I would use that on my off days to discover new coffee shops around the city. So when I would have a recovery ride to do, I would take out my Indie Coffee Passport, just blindly pick a cafe, go try to find it on my bicycle, just like on a nice, easy urban ride. Um, 
And I that way I would be able to discover a brand new coffee shop. And I'd also be able to discover sometimes new parts of the city that I'd never actually even been to. So we have a lot of coffee shops and there are always new ones popping up. One just actually opened recently this summer around the corner from where I live, which is so cool. They're called Structure Roasters, right downtown old Montreal. And it's a new favorite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you, uh, have you finding yourself now, um, I wrote an article a couple of months ago called, which coffee asshole are you? <laughs> and what, what happens is, is basically we're all defined as one in some, in some way, you know, we either coffee snobs or we're, or, uh, you know, we, don't, we refuse to drink Tim Hortons or, or Starbucks. Are yeah. you finding, are you finding that, do you have a classification of coffee asshole now? Have you, have you moved into a zone of like, okay, listen, I can't go there. Or you'll go into a brand new cafe and go, wait a minute, you're not doing it right. <laughs> I, I like to think of myself as extremely open when it comes to coffee. Like I can accept that there are different styles of coffee, different ways of making it kind of like you can't, you can't compare red wine and white wine together and you can't compare a glass of red wine to a glass of milk. You know, they're totally different things. So I think that there's a whole spectrum of coffees and just because like I might like one a little bit better than another doesn't mean that the other one is total like crap, but it does. The one thing, there are a couple things that I that I just can't stand. Like one of them is I do not like drinking my espresso out of a paper cup. I really like my espresso out of a real espresso cup, like a a porcelain cup. So no paper, please. And thank you. And then the other thing that I really don't like is if I'm going for like an Americano or something, I really don't like when they add the, um, the water to the espresso shot um, just by letting it flow through uh, the the coffee ground that they've pulled the espresso shot with, like you have to pull the espresso shot and then add clean hot water because it tastes horrible. And actually, um, one kind of cool experiment for your listeners to to do is if you pull espresso shots at home, just like take it like maybe like five or six little mugs and taste it as it comes out. So taste the first few drops and then like quickly put another mug out. Uh, underneath and then capture like the next section that comes through and just keep capturing um the the flow of espresso that comes through but like in separate mugs and taste the difference if you taste like the last bit when the water that comes through is like just kind of like orangish and it's not opaque anymore oh it just tastes terrible and you don't want that in your espresso to make your americano you're just you're so much better off just having pure clean water and then you have the beautiful flavor of the nice amazing espresso and it's just the pleasure is prolonged with the the hot clean water well i think (laughs) that you should probably consider opening up a cafe when you stop cycling which i don't think you're ever going to do because you're busy 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 running around everywhere have you ever thought about uh, about opening a coffee place or do you think it's uh, beyond you and you'd rather enjoy it you know i'm not sure if i'd be a, a good coffee shop owner because i think i yeah 
I just want to be outside on my bike all the time. So maybe I wouldn't have like enough. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have enough passion to invest in it. I'm really passionate about enjoying coffee, but I'm like even more passionate about riding my bike. So, you know, like I wouldn't make a good doctor either. So I'm not, I don't know if I'd make a good coffee shop owner. I, maybe I'd be a, an okay barista for a while. You know, it's it's so cool to be able to meet lots of new people in cycling. And I'm sure it would be um, kind of the same situation in a coffee shop with all the, the clientele that come in and out all the time. So that part would probably thrill me, though. When did the your journey change for you when, when it started becoming real that cycling was going to be full-time in your life? Because it was one of those things where it just got really good for you at, you know at a certain point or you did, you just started to decide to race. Like what, where was the change for you where you had to start thinking about doing this full time? And is this full time for you all the time now? Or do you actually have to still, you know, still work for a living or an end train? Like where, where was this, where was the switch for you? So that's, yeah, actually that's a pretty common question that I get. So for the past eight years, I, I have been cycling full time. And for the first couple of years, I had to be a little bit crafty because the, um, the salaries that I was getting weren't enough to actually like totally live off of. And that's like one of the challenging realities, especially in women's cycling. Um, but yeah, I have been racing full time for the past eight years and I started a little bit later in life. Uh, I'm 32 now and I began racing after having worked two and a half years in a lab and I've studied in medical biology in university and it was actually during my university studies that I dabbled in racing a little bit on the weekend um, just as a different way to uh, enjoy riding my bike I just wanted to add an, another aspect of uh, cycling to my life um, instead of just like just riding miles and miles and miles for, for the fun of it um, and I was working a bike shop all through my studies which was the way that I could afford to ride my bike it was a, because I was getting everything at cost I got a pro deal on my bike and then once I graduated I realized holy smokes how am I going to be able to afford this like my cycling addiction or passion uh, buying stuff at full price all the time if I'm not going to get my bike shop discount so I thought you know what maybe if I race if I show like some club team that I'm really passionate and that I'm wor worthwhile bringing on board by doing all the races on the provincial calendar here in Quebec then they'll, they'll take me on and then I'll be able to get their discounts and I'll be able to enjoy riding with them and that way I'll, I'll be killing like eight birds with one stone oh, I'll be able to continue enjoying my, my passion for cycling but <clears throat> by doing that by doing more and more races I started to get some really cool results and I was invited uh, by the Canadian national team to do my first development project in Europe um, which was an amazing experience. And then I got noticed by a semi-pro team and I got signed by them. And they took me around racing um, throughout North America while I was still working. And uh, through the results that I got that year, I was noticed by a professional team and offered uh, a professional contract. And then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to put everything on hold and I'm going to take this because I can't look back when I'm 40 and change my mind and think, okay, well, maybe um, maybe I'm ready now to, to take the risk. I, You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and I'm so glad that I took it because cycling has so many, has taught me so many lessons and has given me the opportunity to live so many experiences that have made me grow as an individual and I think that everything that I've learned on so many different levels um, will probably pay off in the future in 
ways that are kind of parallel to the sporting world, whether it's in, in society or whether it's in my next career or whether it's just in, in who I am a, as a person. So I'm, I'm really grateful for it, but racing professionally was never a plan. It's just something that kind of happened naturally out of my passion for, for riding and just my hunger for, to, to live every single type of cycling experience possible that I could. And you know, that's the best thing about going after a dream and going after a goal is that it sometimes it just organically takes shape. And here you are traveling the world, you know, yep. which is, which is what everyone should be striving for. I think at least is going for it and getting something that they're passionate about. Obviously you, you get the chance to speak as, as well, like around the world. Do you do a lot of public speaking as well for this? I know that you're part of a public speaking club, but this obviously opens an opportunity for you to inspire young girls around the world as well, I would guess. And I've got to think that that would be a great part of your job. Oh yeah. Meeting every, like every individual that I have the opportunity to meet through cycling is so cool. It, you know, whether it's somebody like halfway around the world or somebody in my neighborhood, uh, that, that the bicycle in one way or another, um, presents me with the opportunity to just connect with. It's so cool. Um, and I'm a spokesperson for a foundation called uh, the Charles Bruneau Foundation. And they play a huge role in um, providing funds for cancer research and cancer treatment facilities for sick children all over the province of Quebec and all over Canada, and just by consequence as well, uh, all over the world. Because you know, once the research and discoveries have been made, uh, that kind of information uh, has an amazing impact on on kids all around the world. So that's. Uh, been a, something that's been really meaningful to me in the past few years. Um, I'm also a member of Fast and Female, an ambassador for Fast and Female, which is an organization that was started by um, cross-country skier Shandra Crawford. And the the goal of that is to encourage more girls to, to get into sport and show them that um, – not, well, actually, not only to get in sport, but to stay in sport as well, because a lot of research shows that uh, girls drop out of sport a lot more frequently than boys do, especially once they get over, like, around the, the to their teenage years. So this organization is um, kind of to show girls that, you know, staying in sport is cool, it's fun, and show them that there are other girls to look up to who do stay in sport and to kind of share the impact that sport has had on our lives. So that's something that's really neat to me too because I didn't actually have any sporting role models as a kid and I never thought of myself as very athletic. I didn't realize that the fact that I just loved playing outside and running and cycling and rollerblading and swimming and just being active all the time was an okay thing. I always thought of myself maybe as a little bit bizarre for that. Um, so it's, it's really cool to be part of fast and female and just tell other girls like, look, this is fun and you can do it and, it and it's okay. And look at all the other people that are doing it too. Well, I think that's a great thing. And it's inspiring to, to young minds as well, to look up to somebody that's doing it full time for a living and uh, gives them hope. And I think that's great. So good for you. On oh, that. Thank you. Do you enjoy converting people to coffee as much as I do? Now, keeping in mind that my coffee journey, my coffee journey, Lex, is only a year and a half old. No so, way. Oh, yeah. It's only a year and a half old. So for me, I'm new. I'm I'm the new coffee asshole. I'm the guy that's avoided it for 40, you know, for, for a long time. And now I'm I'm well into it. And 
Welcome to the club. Yeah, it's quite something. And but what's happened is, is I've gone right to the top of the good stuff. And now I've immersed myself so much in it and trying to learn so much about it that as I'm touring around the world, like yourself, I'm meeting great coffee people around the world, but I'm also meeting people that are asking me now about coffee and I love converting them over, you know, from too cream and too sugar to straight black and enjoying, enjoying like an AeroPress for what it is and things like that. Are you, are you finding that that's happening? Have you converted your teammates or is everybody on board the coffee train with you? You know, my favorite quote in the entire world comes from a, a magazine that I read, I think when I was about 13 years old, my dad used to, back in the day when they used to have magazines on airplanes. Um, my dad would he's he's very frugal and I admire him for that <laughs> he would as a gift he would bring me like magazines off of the airplane that he would take home and <laughs> instead of maybe buying them so that was very kind of him but one of my favorite magazines because I found it so inspiring was the the Rob Report and I remember in the Rob Report there was this article about this guy who owns an industrial design company based in New York his name is Donald Thompson and his company is called Donald Thompson Industrial Design and there's just one quote in that article that really resonated with me. And he says, people don't know it's possible, so they take whatever's available. For example, if people didn't know about Rolls Royces, they would buy Chevrolets. And I, I'm like, I've memorized that since I was 13 years old. It just stuck with me. So for me to be able just to share my knowledge and my experience with coffee with other people just to show them what's possible and what exists out there is really fun. Like I have, I don't need to, con I don't feel any need to, to try to convert people. I like, there's nothing in it for me other than I, I, I prefer getting pleasure out of just sharing some sharing knowledge with people and letting them kind of discover uh, a passion or a love for coffee themselves and not everybody likes coffee I don't really get it but the, the ones that do usually get really excited about it and for me to just to watch them take off from there is is a lot of fun and I mean when you're on a cycling team and your teammates kind of get into it as well that's really fun because then you have more coffee shop ride partners to go with <laughs> you've got so much gear on tour with you um, I got to think you got a whole other bag just for your coffee stuff. What are you working with at home? Uh, so at home, actually, sometimes I like I pull out the gear that I travel with for um, my coffee at home, especially the um, the AeroPress. And I have a really cool attachment. It's called the Puck Puck, and it's for cold brew coffee. So I've used that quite a bit this um, this summer to make cold brew coffee. Uh, but my machine is a Ranchilio Silvia. And then I have uh, two actually rocky dosers or rocky grinders, one with a doser and one that's doserless um, to grind my coffee. And the reason that I have two grinders is because I like to have one hopper filled with regular coffee and the other one with decaf. Because even though it looks like I drink a ton of coffee every single day, I actually try to stay pretty reasonable um, with my caffeine intake. So after noon, I try to have no more caffeine or very little caffeine and the decaf beans actually have quite a bit less caffeine. Um, so yeah, I have two grinders at home. <laughs> I wish I'm like, uh, you know, st I'm still drinking coffee at 5 PM right now, 6 PM just to get through my day, which goes till three or four in the morning at times. So smokes. it's a bit of a thing, but where can people find you uh, next? Uh, if they wanted to come, can people come see your race or what, uh, what, what are you up to? 
Well, Thomas my Lex versus Lerac race against George Lerac is going to be on the Formula One racetrack in Montreal on October the 6th. Go time is at noon. So if you want to come out for a fun race, a one-on-one race, uh, we're going to have a blast. It's It's been fun the, the past two times that I've done this with George Lerac, and hopefully it's going to be fun this time. Hopefully it's going to be a little bit more fun with for me than for him because I'm I'm really adamant about winning. So that's on October the 6th. And then um, other than that, the rest of the season um, is going to be just all about training and sharing the pleasure of the ride with other people. I'll probably be traveling a little bit throughout the States, uh, maybe Canada, maybe riding a little bit on the West Coast. I'll probably go down to Florida this winter as well. Um, And, you know, enjoying time on my motorcycle as well. But people can definitely connect with me on all of the social media platforms. I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Just search Lex Albrecht and connect with me. And whenever there's an opportunity to share the ride, I'm pretty much always down for it. Well, that's great to hear. And I couldn't be happier to have you be my first female. On oh, it's the an honor. Uh, this has been a blast for me. Uh, putting this thing together, talking coffee with people from around the world in different various uh, forms and what they're up to. And I got musicians, I got um, roasters, and I'm finding that this coffee culture and community is really supportive of each other. And it's making for some real fun conversations and content. So I know you're busy and I really appreciate the time today for our listeners and also for being in the first 10 episodes. For me, I think that's a a great... uh, thing for me. And I was uh, very excited that you were able to uh, make the time to come on today. So thank you so much for that. Oh, what an honor for me. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun talking coffee and joining and joining your part of the community as well. Well, hopefully we'll uh, cycle and drink coffee uh, in 2020 somewhere. That'd be great. Let's do it. I'm down. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Lex. We'll talk soon, everyone. Thanks for joining me this week on the Brenton on Tour podcast. Cycle well, drink coffee well. Anything for our listeners on your way out, Lex? Follow, follow your heart, drink a lot of coffee, and enjoy life on two wheels. I wish everybody an awesome day. Awesome. Thanks, Lex. Take care. Thank you. You too. Well, if that didn't inspire you to go for a bike ride, I don't know what I can tell you. That was great. Thanks to Lex for jumping on this week, helping us get to 1,000 subscribers. And by us, I mean you. You guys have been along for the ride. This is episode number seven, almost at the first 10 sorry that it took seven to get a girl but here we are we got a girl and what a girl she was awesome what a great story make sure you follow her on instagram it's one of the funnest instagram feeds i think on the internet it has to be she's a blast she's out there just showing us about coffee and her journey and it's just super inspiring and i know that she's been inspiring girls all over the world to do the same join me next week lever presso competition is coming down to the wire we've only got three episodes left my friends and then we're going to do the big announce until next week all right I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. 
Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.